to Best of Friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the 2M Football Podcast. What? It's Thursday night as we record this. The clock has just struck 10.05, and uh, this is Mike speaking, and with me here, as always, is my co-host. Hi, everybody. Hey, Matt. How's your week going? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Work's brutal. But today, we get to talk football. I think hey. Is that what we're doing? Is that, Mike, That's... are we talking about football? Did you not read the notes? <laughs> Again. Yeah. We are. You didn't send pictures. <laughs> oh, I sent pictures, but they weren't football related. Yeah, we can't talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> Looking good, by the way. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk some football. Yeah. We're going to talk about some news, uh, some of the biggest storylines. Some news? Here. I think you recapped everything. Like, they don't have to go back and watch the games. And that's what we're here for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's what we're here for. As week two of the preseason gets underway, we're going to go back and talk about week one finally. <laughs> and, uh, talk, and give some, there's some injury updates, a little bit of news. But the meat of today's show is going to be the beginning of our fantasy football coverage for 2021. Me and is that Matt. how you spell caveats? Sorry. <laughs> I think so. I don't see a little red line underneath it from the spell check. Okay, just making sure. Proceed. Sorry. Distraction. Just... Okay, no, that's weird. I'm glad you're reading. I'm glad you. I'm glad to know you can read. I will say, embarrassingly, it took me a good ten seconds to figure out what the hell that word was. Ave eats what? Yeah, I'm like, what's this dumbass writing? <laughs> Turns out, I be the one who is the dumb. And yes. <laughs> well, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. But anyway, yeah, that's going to be the main focus of today's show is we're going to, we each did quite a bit of homework this week and put together our top 10 fantasy rankings at each position. Yes, we did. Top 10 in no particular order. Well, it is an eight, some order. Well, I mean, there's some logic until we get to the, the barren zones of the tight end position. I decided to put mine in alphabetical order just for fun. Why do you got to be that guy? Zay Jones is number one. He's never been that guy. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the news. Our first and primary story is that Tim Tebow, most recently a tight end for the Jaguars, unfortunately didn't survive the first round of roster. Damn it! <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, hold on. We need to record this next week. I need to change my top ten tight end list. Hold on. <laughs> well, Matt makes some uh, furious edits there. This is a story we've been tracking since like March or whatever when he retired from <laughs> baseball. Uh, but anyway, the dream is over for now. Again, I. <laughs> Could you try that sentence again? 
I think it worked. It wasn't what was in the notes, but I think it was. <laughs> I think it still worked. The okay, dream is over. Fine. The dream is over again, comma, for now. Yes, thank you for putting the punctuation. God, we never would have figured that one out. Just wait uh, in three years; he'll be back as a defensive lineman. <laughs> Until then. <laughs> I'm then. a cornerback, guys. I did it. <laughs> Debo, sit down. Uh, we've got some good news on the injury front. Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, uh, is reportedly recovering well from his from that shoulder injury he sustained in in the first couple of days of training camp. Uh, we're still not likely to see him in the preseason, uh, just as a precaution. But it looks like he's on track for uh, Week One start as they kick off the season against the Super Bowl champs, the Buccaneers. And in the same division, the Eagles' first-round draft pick this year, receiver Devontae Smith, he's back at practice. And I think he actually played in tonight's game. It was the Eagles and Patriots. Yeah, they got um, blown out 35 to nothing. That's I saw that. I saw that. Feeling uh, worse and worse about Cam Newton's prospects. He, Spoiler alert, he's not in my top 10 quarterbacks. <laughs> what? Shockingly enough, he's not in mine either. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's all I had for news, really, besides what happened in the preseason games. I was going to say, that's not all you had for news. I beg to differ. <laughs> the 75 pages that come after that. And, and, yeah, as you mentioned, a caveat. Before we start reading too much into preseason games. I don't even know what the fuck that word means. It means. Shut up and Google it. <laughs> okay. Keep talking. Okay, so just thinking about um, how much these games really mean. That, that's, uh, you know, <clears throat> in terms of training camp battles, the the guy who gets the first team reps is really at a big advantage because he's, you know, he's playing with the first string offensive line, first string running back, receivers, uh, versus the guy, the second string guy, like the, the challenger for the position, if you will, usually is playing with the backups. So he's got less talented players around him. Um, but then... At the same time, the backups might be going against the second string defense of the other team. So I guess the only place I'm going with that is we can't take these results as, um, you know, (laughs) sure. Yes. Going on a theme for tonight that we don't want to go down. That's why I was trying to come up with another way to say it, but yeah. (laughs) Take everything with a grain of salt. (laughs) There we go. No one will get offended. Hey, I don't like salt. I'm allergic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take everything with a grain of salt, especially wins and losses. And I just want to bring up, I know we love to pile on the Detroit Lions in the show. Oh, because it's our, in our division and there's nothing more fun than crapping all over the Detroit Lions. But uh, Matthew, do you remember way back in the year 2008 when the Detroit Lions went an entire season? Went 4-0 and in preseason and completely bombed the rest of the season? All right, thanks for ruining my, my stat. Yes. Oh. <laughs> they, were Owen, they were 0-16 that year, but they were actually 4-0 and in that preseason. <laughs> right, because, you know, preseason determines Super Bowl winners, apparently. That's exactly oh, what Oh, the I'm Lions saying. are going to the Super Bowl eight games in. I don't know about this. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's the point is uh, you can't take anything that happens in the preseason as uh, um, gospel. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> So with that being said, <laughs> um, in week one of the preseason, Washington played against uh, the Patriots, where we have two quarterback 
battles, one of them more serious, I think, than the other. And the more serious one being Cam Newton uh, versus Mac Jones in New England. Jones was the uh, 15th overall pick in this year's draft out of Alabama. Cam Newton back with the team for a second year after a very disappointing year one. I haven't really looked at what happened in tonight's game, but I can tell you in week one, uh, Mac Jones looked pretty good, pretty composed in the pocket, accurate thrower that we, you know, we know he is from college. Uh, I mean, he seems to be a Bill Belichick quarterback. And I'm, I'm thinking that he's the face of the future since they took him in the first round. Right. And it's looking like that future might come sooner than later. <laughs> I feel like we're seeing that with a lot of rookies this year. Yeah, they're they've it's, looked it's good so far. It's not a matter if; it's a matter of when. Like all these all these veterans are like, "Nope, it's my job," and everyone else is like, "Well, maybe for now." Mm-hmm. But you're definitely on a timer. And I think that Belichick isn't going to give Newton a lot of wiggle room this year. Last year, he had terrible supporting cast. So right. while I can't completely blame Cam Newton for the Patriots' failure, he didn't really show promise that he was meant to. He didn't live up to his own reputation he was throwing out there. They went out, seemingly signed half the NFL to join the Patriots and put him in a position to do much better. Not perfect, I still have a lot of questions, but better than compared to last year. Yeah. So I feel like his leash is going to be a little bit shorter and Belichick's not going to be afraid to make the switch mm-hmm. if, the, if he feels like New England's going to be in a better position to either A, they're out of the running and give Mac Jones experience, or B, Jones gives them a better odds to win. Yep. And just looking at the stats of tonight's game, they both played really well. So uh, this, this could come down to uh, whatever happens in week three of the preseason. That's all I have to say about that one, I guess. They both look good, I guess. <laughs> the other one in this, uh, for, for Washington, I don't know how serious I consider this competition. Fitzpatrick versus Henneke, I, I'm pretty convinced it's going to be Fitzpatrick. Probably for the I'd whole season. I'd be shocked. Yeah. So, so we can skip that one. Uh, let's skip the next one, too. This, okay. this is another one where I don't believe it's a real competition. Uh, Pittsburgh at Philadelphia in week one of the preseason Jalen Where's Hurts Dwayne Haskins? His name's not on here, Mike. <laughs> he actually had, he actually played better. He played well in this game. But he's Sorry, not I'm part of you, the – I'm uh, going to give you crap for that all year. <laughs> no, I know. I deserve it. But I think the more interesting one is Jalen Hurts coming into year two with the Eagles. Still has not officially been named the starter. But, uh, you know, there's no point in this team starting Joe Flacco, who's, in, who's the backup in town now. And – Several of Hurt's teammates have come forward to say what a good leader he is, and and he's really the unquestioned uh, face of this franchise. So I will. This is another one like Fitzpatrick. I'd be shocked if it's not Jalen Hurts under center in Week One. It'd have to be some weird fluky thing. Uh, this is a fun one, actually. Miami against Chicago. This I think was the most interesting because yeah. I watched. Um, I didn't get to see a lot because I was at work for most of this game, but when the little bit I got to tune in on. I watched uh, Fields dropping dimes. Granted, he went 0 for 4 on a drive because three of his passes were dropped by wide receivers. Shocking in Chicago, I know. <laughs> but it is one of his drives. He was putting the ball where it needed to go, and he looked comfortable in the pocket. Yeah, Justin Fields looked really good uh, with his arm and his legs, as advertised. 
Um, I think it was a case of both things where Fields did really well with his opportunities and Dalton just looked awful. <laughs> he had the first couple drives, um, didn't even get a first down. He had like 15 passing yards through three, two or three drives. And uh, Fields played a really good chunk of this game. I, I forget if it was the first or second quarter when he came in. I think it was still the first quarter, and he played through halftime and even a little bit into the third quarter. But yeah, two total touchdowns on the day, a rushing touchdown and a, and a passing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, good use of his legs, even on non-runs, you know, just rolling out of the pocket, hitting receivers. Buying his receivers time to get open. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then finding them accurately with the pass. that was the, the big dimension that they were missing. Now, I think they could have done this a little bit more with Mitch. Yeah. But the big difference is, is that Fields displayed the accuracy we were looking for in Trubitsky. They both have that mobility versus Dalton is more of that typical drop-back pocket passer, and that's not going to work with the Chicago offensive line. Yeah, just like Nick Foles last year, they, they don't move. They can't move. and uh... They do not like to move it, move it. <laughs> nice. And with this offensive line, you're going to have to move it. And then on Monday after the game, head coach Matt Nagy said that Fields is going to get first-team reps in, in practice this week. And we'll see what happens in their week two preseason game. I wouldn't be surprised if Fields gets a big chunk of that game too. Maybe it'll be Dalton still to start as a, his token starter role, but it's uh, this team really wants to see what Fields can do. If he plays very well, well the next two games, with wait, there's only three this year, correct? That's right. Yeah, just three. If he plays well in these, these next two games, I don't see why he wouldn't start. Yeah, I mean, what do they have to lose? <laughs> the Bears play – oh, yeah, the Bears play the Bills in week two, and I, I heard that Mitch Trubisky is getting the start for Buffalo because they're not putting Josh Allen in the preseason. <laughs> what if he lit them up? <laughs> he might. And it's in Chicago too. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Love it. And on the flip side of this game, Tua Tagovailoa, he's not a uh, in a competition – but he looked pretty bad. <laughs> he looked rough in this game, uh, particular on one one bad red zone interception where he was just late with the throw. the The guy was open, but he didn't see it in time. Didn't, didn't he hit held him it in like the an window. Extra two seconds, and yeah. that was just enough that the the I saw it. The corner was right there to take the ball. Yep, stepped in front. So, uh, not great. In uh, but if Minnesota. you're gonna make the mistakes, make them now. That is true, too. And it's not like he's at risk of losing his job, so he's got time to come. I don't know. We may take it from him. (laughs) Uh, Denver at Minnesota. The Broncos have one of the more intriguing quarterback battles going on uh, with Teddy Bridgewater against Drew Locke. And uh, this is one where the Vikings didn't play any starters, so they, they both looked pretty good, especially Locke, though, who did get the start. He only threw seven passes, completed five of them for 151 yards and two touchdowns, including an 80-yard bomb to receiver K.J. Hamler. Uh, So he looked explosive. Bridgewater was fine, too. Seven out of eight passes completed, 74 yards and a touchdown. So This is exciting for you. Why is that? Oh, for for us, Matt, our Broncos. They look good. (laughs) Oh, and their Patrick Sertain, their first-round pick. Cornerback had a pick six in this game, so all around, great game for the Broncos. In terms of the quarterback battle, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get the start in week two as planned uh, to give them both some of those first-team offense reps. 
And uh, we'll see. I actually think Sean Payton's just going to bounce him back and forth so that nobody really knows until week one and they run out of the tunnel. You mean uh, the Vikings head coach, the Broncos head coach, Vic Fangio? Oh, I think yeah. you, you're I skipping ahead. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, sorry. I'm stalling. They're playing next week the Seahawks in week two of the preseason. And now moving on to where you were going, the Saints and the Ravens. Taysom Hill versus Jameis Winston. No, you're good. Taysom got the start here and made a few nice throws uh, before, unfortunately, getting intercepted. So I wrote that he overthrew the target. I think what actually happened was the receiver stopped running, and he was not expecting that, so it looked like he overthrew him. Nope, he was anticipating their receiver to go another three, four yards. Yeah. Receiver just stopped. And it ended up getting picked Don't try off, to blame us on an overthrew pass. Sure. <laughs> you know, that's what it looked like uh, live. And, and also... The um, first camera angle did look like it was like two feet over his head. And then you realize, no, it was like two feet in front because he's like, go there. It was, it was yeah. like, what? So I guess as much as I want to, can't count that against him. Uh, and then, so Winston came into the game later, right before halftime, I think. Uh, he looked pretty good, threw a touchdown pass, uh, but also an interception. He underthrew a deep ball which is weird for him with that big arm. I read the uh, somebody was making fun that uh, they said, so a typical Winston happened in the game where he just tried to throw this big bomb and just it was <laughs> not where it needed to be at all. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be accurate, unlike his pass. It was underthrown, got tipped up into the air, and then picked off by the safety. So uh, I don't think either of them did much to separate here. But uh, there's two more weeks. And like you said about Sean Payton, he has not even tipped his hand as to who's starting in week two of the preseason. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. They play the Jaguars on August 23rd, <laughs> Monday. Uh, and I have a fun fact about the Ravens that I saw. Uh-oh. is that uh, They got the win in this game. And they've actually won 18 straight preseason games dating back, what? you know, four years or whatever, five years. <laughs> wow. And apparently that's one away from tying Vince Lombardi's record of 19 straight preseason wins. It's 19 straight meaningless wins. Exactly. Yeah, it means absolutely nothing, but it's kind of crazy. Uh, let's see. Okay, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy versus- Graham's a quarterback? <laughs> Mine? Whoa. That's what I get for typing Jimmy G in the notes. Uh, the, the Chiefs played the 49ers, who are, of course, drafted uh, rookie quarterback Trey Lance with the number three overall pick. That Another they traded. one that's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's battling it out with incumbent starter Jimmy Garoppolo, not Jimmy Graham. <laughs> uh, Garoppolo was fine, three for three for 26 yards in the one drive he was in there. Uh, and, and like I think I said last week, it's not really been an issue of talent with him. Uh, I mean, I do think he has a lower um, ceiling than Trey Lance, but he's been fine. He's just been injured. But Trey Lance is the future for sure, and he got the rest of the first half uh, after Garoppolo went one drive. And uh, Lance even played into the third quarter. And as you might expect from a rookie seeing his first ever live game action in the NFL, it was a mixed bag. He had some great throws, including an 80-yard touchdown off a nice play action and then bootleg rollout. Uh, And he showed good movement sometimes, uh, you know, navigating the pocket when it started to collapse on one side. Uh, But he also took four sacks and fumbled once in, you know, just, just over 
like let's say two quarters of uh, like a half of football. So uh, we're in for improvement, obviously. And I think you yeah, only shake can... off, shake off those, those nerves, kid. Yeah, exactly. So th- this is another one where it looks like the, the veteran's going to be the week one starter, but it's like you said, only a matter of time. And then, okay, the last one here, and then we'll get to fantasy. The Panthers played the Colts, who have a interesting battle raging for the backup. people, I have no idea who they are. Yep, never heard either of these names before the last couple weeks. Eh, linger. (laughs) With uh, with Carson Wentz, I guess I'll say possibly missing the start of the season, since they they keep saying that it's going to be the earlier end of that recovery timeline from that foot surgery. Uh, he's going to get hurt two weeks after starting and be back on the bench, so I wouldn't worry about it. He's going to be on the bench for, for one reason or another, <laughs> whether it's injury or performance-related. They kidding. make bills for that. Love you, Carson. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's when you get hit with a PED suspension. So battling it out for possibly the week one starter role are Jacob Eason versus Sam Ellinger. And uh, that says Ehlinger. <laughs> this is one where I don't have confirmation of the pronunciation, so we can go with Ehlinger as well. Ehlinger. <laughs> um, Eason got the start, and he's more of the traditional pocket passer. Doesn't move around too much, and uh, he played really well. He completed 15 out of 21 passes, 183 yards. He led a nice uh, field goal drive right before the half. Uh, however, he did take three sacks and lost a fumble. And then Ellinger played the whole second half. He threw one interception that I saw and multiple occasions where he could have been picked off again. But he's the more mobile of the two. He made some big plays with his legs. And he, he did show good accuracy at times on the final, uh, final couple drives. Particularly, he played well and, and ended up setting up the game-winning field goal for the Colts. So uh, we'll see. They both uh... linger just become and linger. <laughs> All right, I'm done for the night, folks. Have a good night. Don't go anywhere yet uh, because we're going to take a short break and come back for our first um, <gasps> first edition of the Fantasy Corner in season two of this podcast. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. Oh my god it's beautiful that may be the best thing we've ever done it brings me so much joy <laughs> anyway the best well, part is only a few select people know the person behind that voice everyone else has no idea who that person is <laughs> oh i see and can put a face to the name correct yeah. well uh yeah and those I really words think, came from that guy or i really what? think that does add to it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so here we oh, are <laughs> In the corner of fantasy. Oh, fantasy I'm in the red velvet plushy chair. Fantasy football, that is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me get put my Yep. I'm fine. All right, we're good. <clears throat> All right, Matt. Let's talk some rankings. Uh oh. We uh so a couple notes about the scoring in our league. This is for our, our twelve team uh redraft league that we talked about a lot last year, in which Matt made the playoffs for the first time. Looking for a repeat performance there, and uh, yeah. I don't think I made the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I blacked out as soon as I was ineligible and, and stopped paying attention. 
I mean, that's the way fantasy football works. Once you're out, you're like, yeah, it's stupid. This game's stupid. This is dumb. That was me after every single loss, and there were a lot of them But I do have to admit, like, as much as we get excited for fantasy, there's the excitement, and there's that when you finally don't have to pay attention because you've been out. You're just like, oh, all right, all right. Thank God that's over with. I'll see you again next year. Yeah, that's the thing. I always – yeah, it's one of those things that – I think I'm, I say I'm not going to come back to, but then I just get so excited. and Yes, I'm ready to get hurt again. God, I can't wait to disappoint myself again. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, and I can't wait to disappoint you people when I give you my rankings. <laughs> Speaking of rankings. Uh-oh. Let's do it. Let's talk to the Oh, story. no. Oh, yeah. And the, alcohol. I was going to note that uh, in, in our league, the scoring notes or the scoring um, – system that is relevant here is that passing touchdowns are worth four points what, what was and that? it's half point uh ppr points per reception Only four points for touchdowns has that always been the league yeah i really don't read things do i four points for passing touchdowns six points still for a rushing touchdown but maybe that's where the six came in i really need to learn to read notes <laughs> oh boy this explains your uh, one in 25 stretch <laughs> you, you know what i'll take it it's fine <laughs> All right, man, who's your number one quarterback for 2021? Oh, boy, and it begins already. Throw me to the freaking fire. I, <laughs> it goes without saying, I have Tom Brady as number one. Okay, it, it, does that go Just the saying? weapons around him, I, I can't deny what he has around him to help him succeed. Just one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. Everyone stays healthy. Chris Godwin. You know, a good running game, a solid offensive line. Mike Evans, Cameron Bray. Like, what else can you go with here other than that offense was built to win another Super Bowl? Well, I agree with I agree with that. But for fantasy purposes, I, I have him a little bit lower. He is in my top ten. Uh, I've got Brady at seven. Oh, and, well, and see, last... I'm already I'm already fired. <laughs> well, no, you made some good points. Uh, last year, he finished as the quarterback eight. And like we've talked about before this offseason, they're bringing back everybody from that offense. So but keep in mind, just to play devil's advocate here, it took that offense several weeks to get in gear. Yes. Mm-hmm. That entire offense was brought back, plus adding things to it. Right. And a full offseason uh, to get together to gel more. So and... that would be my part. Brady would have ranked higher had that offensive click sooner, but it did I, I think that's fair. Uh, that's why I've got him at seven instead of eight. <laughs> oh, wow. Such an improvement. No, no, Brady's great. And, he, you know, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He does throw a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> and uh, But the only – the biggest knock against him is that he doesn't run the ball. He doesn't use his legs, unlike the guy that I have as my number one quarterback this year, Josh Allen. Ooh. Quarterback for interesting. the Bills. Well, he was actually number one last year at the position, so I think it's maybe even a little boring. But <laughs> I know I have him at number five. Okay, in the same ballpark. But uh, no, this is another guy that we talked about all year, showing massive improvement with his arm, especially regarding his accuracy. And a lot of that has to do with probably the addition of Stephon Diggs into that offense. But what he does with his legs is what really makes him a top-tier quarterback for fantasy specifically. Uh, just on the ground alone, he had 400 rushing yards and eight touchdowns last season. Eight rushing touchdowns, which, like we talked about, are actually more valuable than passing touchdowns. 
and and that's why the rushing stats can sort of skew a, a quarterback's fantasy value. Yeah, I'll give this one to you. I'll give it. I'll concede. Maybe I was wrong. Hey, you never know. He might snap his ACL in half next week. And I... <laughs> in half? Ooh. Yeah, not just I a felt pair. that. I'm rubbing, I'm rubbing my ACL thinking, oh, no, no. All right, who All you right. got at number two? At number two, I got another guy who uses his legs a lot. He was the quarterback for a team that I followed very closely last year, <laughs> Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like I've done this all wrong. <laughs> no, who you got? Or do you I got Murray at eight. Still top ten. All right. <laughs> Who's your number two? I have Aaron Rodgers. Just a high, just in terms of the ability to put the ball in the end zone. Him and Devontae Adams are a guaranteed touchdown machine. Yeah, I mean, I got Rodgers at four, so not that far off. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, what are the you, odds we're going to have one of the one quarterback in the same ranking number? Maybe the next one, but well, just just on Rodgers really quick. He, he was the quarterback two last year in fantasy. He had forty eight touchdown passes, <laughs> right? And uh, forty two hundred yards, and I think like six interceptions or something crazy low like that. He's incredible. That's that's the big thing for me is keeping ints down mm-hmm. because those are just points you lose in fantasy and those could potentially be detrimental for your fantasy team if it's a pick six right well for and for Rodgers um he he was basically just throwing to uh, Devontae Adams last year as you mentioned and 50 percent of MVS <laughs> like half of a great receiver when he was good he was great when he was terrible yeah. he was aggravating uh, but I think they even have a deeper receiving core this year bringing back Randall Cobb Randall the Cobb mix. in the slot Devin Funches, who they signed like two years ago, but he was injured and then opted out due to COVID. He's back. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see him having very similar numbers. But who do you have as number three? Or let me talk about Kyler Murray for a second. Oh, my God. Again, it's the rushing, though. He had 800 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns, which is wild. And he finished and yet, as the quarterback three last year. And yet and, – Actually, they as a passer, make- he was pretty disappointing. And, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but who you got at number three? Comeback player of the year. I have Dak Prescott. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say Alex Smith, and I was like, wait, what? No, He's an analyst. I now. have Prescott, <laughs> who was on par to dominate the offensive passing game mm-hmm. until his ankle decided to go in the opposite direction of which it is normally supposed to face. And completely dismantled my entire fantasy team. He snapped it in half like a bad ACL. (laughs) Oh, I I don't under – I, yes, yes, Mike, yes. (laughs) Rolling with this one. Put it this way, Prescott was averaging 40 points per game. He was half of my team. Do you realize how long (laughs) it took me to recover once he went down? Yeah, he was unbelievable. He was – he had like 1,500 passing yards through four games, was on pace to set all kinds of records. Through like halfway through the season, he still had more passing yards than some guys who had been playing. He had missed like three or four games, and he was still number one in passing. Yeah. And that's <laughs> impressive. And uh, he, he might have the best receiving core in the league with uh, Mari Cooper, Mari Cooper, CD Lamb, and uh, Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. Not to mention a fully healthy offensive line. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs. 
So, uh, yeah, I think he's poised for a monster season. But I have him at five. You're five. <laughs> I mean, I make jokes like I'm five. Well, that's, that's why we're best friends. <laughs> at three for me is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but, yeah, you don't need us to tell you how good Mahomes is. <laughs> he might be the best passer we've ever seen, the best thrower of the first. I have Mahomes at six. That's what I'll say. Okay. So let's see. Who are we? Cross off my current sixth rated quarterback. Who do you have it for? I have Russell Wilson. Mm, Okay. Um, Between between Tyler Lockett and and Metcalf at receiving, yes, they finally got um, Chris Carson as a decent running back. But one thing is, Wilson's always had to use his feet. And even a couple of scramble yards on every play add up to to, to potential rushing potentials because the O line's always failed him. And Wilson at, and the, that Seattle offense at the beginning of last year was hot. Then they cooled off. <coughs> if it wasn't for that one, they may have had one of the best offenses behind Brady and the Bucks. Yeah, and he still, even though the offense sort of cratered in the second half of the season, he still ended up as the sixth best quarterback in fantasy last year. So um, I've actually got him down at nine, though. I'm a little bit concerned just based on what we saw from them at the end of the year. I feel like Pete Carroll always says this, that they want to be a run-first team. It never works out that way, but but if it ever did... And it did, forces <laughs> Wilson to put the whole team on his back, but I think in some cases that could be great for fantasy numbers, even if oh, it's absolutely. not great for their record. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, we both agree. Both agree is top ten. Okay, yep. At six, I had Lamar Jackson. I don't even have him. He would be number 11 on my list. He was bad last year. <laughs> and I just have too many concerns with the receiving core in its current state right now. Yes, the rushing is phenomenal, but if he can't move the football through the air to back up his legs, this offense is not going to go anywhere. To me, I feel like what happened last year was pretty much the worst case scenario for him throwing the football. It was it was bad. Um, but he still finishes the quarterback 10 in fantasy thanks to a 1,000 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. And, yeah, we'll see what happens with it because, obviously, they signed guys. They signed, brought in new receivers this offseason. But two out of their top three guys are hurt right now, Marquise Brown, the deep threat, and then Rashad Bateman, the rookie, who they were hoping to be kind of the uh, slot guy, the more possession receiver type, in addition to Sammy Watkins, who's the only guy who is healthy right now. Yeah, not looking like so, a great start. That's so a keep concerning. in mind, my, my, I am not dissing Lamar Jackson. It's just the current state of things does not make me feel good. Yeah, it's it's just Mark Andrews and Sammy Watkins right now. But I, I it's still too one dimensional, and I don't like it. Yeah, I, I agree. There's reason for concern. The rushing gives him a solid baseline, but he he needs to improve as a passer to to stay in the top ten. Um, okay, so who do you have at seven? Seven, I had Brady. So where, who do you got at seven? I got Baker Mayfield. Really? Okay, he is not in I the top ten. I think he really came out last year onto his own. And they leaned on the run game, yes. But Baker showed up. He could stand and go toe-to-toe. I mean, nobody anticipated the Browns making the, the postseason, let alone winning. They've been the bottom of the barrel in the NFL for years. And this carousel of quarterbacks. And I think Baker has found his rhythm, and that makes him dangerous. Okay. And he gets Odell Beckham Jr. back. Uh, he missed most of last season, so that can only help. 
we'll see. I, yeah, I guess that's my concern is that it's a run first offense. And uh, yeah, I mean, that takes away his opportunities, but he, he definitely came on strong towards the end of the year. And they, 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 that offense works. <laughs> that offense is a well-oiled machine, so should have plenty of opportunities to score. Uh, that was seven, right? Who you got at eight? I had Murray. Okay. My number eight is Justin Herbert, who was, uh, you know, we all know who he is now. He was the sixth overall pick in the draft, the NFL draft last year, started from week two on after that suspicious injury to, to Rod Taylor. Uh, and he was incredible. He set rookie records for touchdown passes and completions, and he finished fantasy as the quarterback nine in fantasy. That's and, funny because that's where I have him. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what surprised me looking at the numbers was he even had five rushing touchdowns, which I definitely didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but this team, the Chargers made some big upgrades on the offensive line. All his primary targets from last year are back. You know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and uh, Austin Eckler catches a lot out of the backfield. And so I'm I'm pretty optimistic about Herbert having a, a productive season again. So you had him at nine. I've got Russell Wilson at nine. Who's your number 10? I have a tie. Okay. Um, I have Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. Hmm. I have... I have neither of those guys. I was hoping we might agree on one. <laughs> I mainly because they both. I think Cousins gets should get way more credit than he deserves. Apparently, Minnesota wants to burn him at the stake, and I don't understand it. Justin Jefferson, that addition to that offense was a huge step forward. Yeah, Derek Carr finally, like I think he made a point to prove me wrong in every capacity, and Nelson Aguilar <laughs> learned how to catch a football. He did. He did, but then they got rid of him. <laughs> well, you know, tomato, tomato. Uh, but I think Carr showed, showed promise that there may be something there yet. It's not quite ready to throw him to the curb. Um, a risky option, but one that with the help of uh, Josh Jacobs to back up the run game, to take a little bit of pressure off, Henry Ruggs being completely healthy, I feel like this offense could take a step forward. And this is mainly because I'm following the Raiders this year. <laughs> yeah, that explains it. But, yeah, I mean, Ruggs was hurt last year, and so having him back consistently is a big deal. And uh, they brought in Kenyon Drake, the running back in free agency, maybe catch some more balls out of the backfield. Uh, but my number 10 is Ryan Tannehill, the Titans quarterback, who was actually seventh best last year in fantasy. Uh, he had 33 passing touchdowns and seven rushing touchdowns. This is another guy. I don't think of him as a, a runner, really. But had... I, I debated having Tannehill for 10, but my worry was that Derrick Henry is such the, such the powerhouse of that offense, despite the fact they picked up Julio Jones. Yeah, that's, that's the key thing to me. Um, it's it's going to be dependent on how they use Jones. And if anybody can stop Derrick Henry, I mean, the adage is if it doesn't, if it works, keep doing it. And well, yeah, either it goes hand in hand, right? If it works, then you can do play action. If it doesn't work, then you have to throw. <laughs> so I think either way, it's it's good for Tannehill. I mean, I do have him a little bit lower than he finished last season because I don't think that seven touch rushing touchdowns happens again. 
Uh, but but adding Julio Jones, I feel like can only help the passing game. Although it, you know they lost Jonu Smith, the tight end. They lost um, Corey Davis, Adam Humphrey. So you know he's he's filling a, a bit of a void, and he's already banged up. Uh, Jones has been a little bit injury prone as he ages. <laughs> all right. So I think we had almost all the same guys, just in different order. <laughs> Let's move on to running backs. Oh. Where my number one is Christian McCaffrey. Matt, please. Derrick Henry. Okay, well, I can't fault you too much for that one. <laughs> I've got him at three. I got McCaffrey at two. Okay. Um, so I'll just go first then. McCaffrey obviously missed 13 games last season, barely played due to ankle, shoulder, and then thigh injuries. Um, however, I'm not sure. I, I don't have anything against the kid. It's just Derrick Henry has done – what most people would be claim is impossible two years straight. Yeah. Like everyone's like, there's no way he's going to get double digit rushing touchdowns again. They figured it out. And then he does. I still maintain that Derrick Henry isn't actually that fast. <laughs> you don't have to be fast. You got to put points on the board and that's what fantasy football's about. I mean, yeah, Henry's unbelievable. That's why I have him at, as high as I do because for fantasy, yeah, he's a, you can't argue with what he does as a runner. He had over 2000 rushing yards on the ground one of only a handful of times that's ever happened and 17 touchdowns. And, and yeah, last year or two years ago, he had 16 touchdowns and was the fantasy, the second best fantasy running back. And they can't deny that he's the backbone of the Titans offense. Uh, But my, for fantasy football though, like I mentioned, it's a half point PPR league and he, he just doesn't catch passes. He's not a part of the passing game. And that's something you'll see as a common thread of, I think, pretty much everyone else that's in at least my top 10. Well, almost everyone else is that they are involved in both the running game and the passing game. Henry is not involved in the passing game. So that's really my only concern with him. And just the the damage potentially done to his body, just running, having over 600 attempts over the past two seasons. Uh, he hasn't missed any games, I don't think, yet. But you never know. At some point, the body might start to break down. He's not like us. <laughs> oh, well, my body is broken, despite the fact that I do nothing physically athletic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so my number two is – oh, on McCaffrey really quick. I got him at number one just because um, previous two seasons he missed last year mostly, of course. But in 2019, he was the RB1. In 2018, he was the RB2. And – and he's a classic dual threat running back. He never leaves the field. He's always out there, runs and catches. So uh, he should be good. Number two, you have McCaffrey, he said? Yeah. Okay, I've got Dalvin Cook there too in Minnesota. Uh, he's one of the other guys that barely ever leads the field, leaves the field. He runs it, catches it, finishes the RB3 last year in fantasy. and And yeah, he was part of that kind of resurgent Vikings offense as a whole. And I think them being able to throw only helps open up more running lanes for him. I have him at six. The only issue I have for him is, is injury. Maybe that's what you were thinking too. He's actually never played a full season, uh, a full 16 games. He's always, I think the most he's played is 14. And I think this offense just had me nervous still because they always seem to be just one, one piece away from a complete team. It's like, they finally got a good receiving core to back up Dalvin Cook. And it's like, 
and then the defense seems to be struggling now. It's like I don't. This team just never feels. It's always like one piece <laughs> away. Well, yeah. For fantasy, though, it's it's sometimes a good thing to have a bad defense. I guess not so much for the running game, but for the passing game. No, not for the running game at all. And that's where yeah. we're. That's where I'm at with that one. If if that defense can't hold up, you're going to go to the air, not necessarily the ground. Uh, so who do you have at three then? I had Henry at three. Uh, I have uh, Aaron Jones for Green Bay. Oh, yeah, I like him. I got him at six, but um, he's really good. <laughs> he's another dual threat guy. He catches passes as well as uh, handling. I just remember, I, was it last year or maybe it was the year before, well, two years ago when we did it in person, we kept making fun of Aaron Jones and nobody took him. And finally he went in our fantasy league in like, what, the sixth round or something? Yeah, could, was that, that his first been, year in Green Bay? That might have been his breakout year. Yeah. Like we were – I remember somebody being like, oh, take Aaron Jones every round. And somebody was like, fine, I'll take it. And we're like, this was the genius move later on. <laughs> Looks like 2017 was his first year. So but uh, 2019 was his first big monster year where he had 1,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. That makes sense. So that might have been the one, yeah. Yep, that was the one. Um, but yeah, he's he's awesome now. <laughs> he was really good last year, um, and the the Packers let Jamal Williams go in free agency. So I he had another running back in that backfield. So I think Jones could have even a a bigger workload and even more uh, volume involvement in the offense than last year. So I, I agree with you. He should be a high pick. I've got him at six, though. Who do you have at four? Maybe this one's the same. I have uh, Chubb from Cleveland. Oh, okay. <laughs> No. I got Kamara. Matt, tell me why you hate uh, Alvin Kamara. Whoa, hang on now. <laughs> Don't you know? I have him at number 10. I got Chubb at 9, so that's fine. We're still both in the top 10. Uh, it's not that it's not Kamara. It's, I don't know what this offense, how it's going to all come together. Yeah, that's true. It's It's, you know, we don't want to – we're looking at fantasy value, but this is more of a, a team look. How is this team going to look with this massive change with Drew Brees at quarterback? If Brees was still at quarterback, Kamara would be a little bit higher on the list, most likely within the top five. You put Hill in at quarterback, he's got a running game to him. You know, it's just I'm not sure what dimension this team is going to show. So I don't know Kamara's role quite yet in this offense. Yeah, I think that's fair. A lot of his production came in the passing game last year. Drew Brees turned into captain checkdown. He could only throw it about five yards by the end of the season anyway. So Kamara right. had, had a crazy amount of passing, uh, pass re- receptions. Uh, so that's a fair concern. Um, and, and I like Chubb. It's not that I don't like him. He finished as the running back nine last year, even though he missed four games, which is pretty crazy. That's a third of the season, and he still finishes the ninth best fantasy running back. So I could see why he would creep up a bit. I mean, uh, I would almost say that, you know, it, it's a double threat with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but right. I don't know if it's fair to put them at the same ranking level, but they no. just they work so well together in that offensive system that Chubb was just a beast. Watching him run is incredible. Yeah, you're right. It's a perfect setup for the Browns to have them both. But uh, Chubb never catches passes. That's Hunt's role, and I think that's why his uh, his fantasy value is is capped in a PPR league. But that said, I still have him as a, a start. You know, a running back one in a twelve team league. So at number nine, 
This next one, I know you're going to uh, fight me on based on your texts. <laughs> I've got Ezekiel Elliott at number five. I got Elliott at nine. Okay. I can't. He drops. He fumbled so much last year after saying everyone was his last one. <laughs> Given did. everything that happened, I'm still willing to give him the benefit and make him a top 10 running back when he's good. But last year was a high praise for concern. Yeah, I mean, that's true. He was bad last year, just like everybody on this offense. But he was still the running back 11 in fantasy, even though in a down year with no Dak and missing half the offensive line. And I just think he got, he's got he gotten passed by a couple other guys who are a little bit more consistent. We'll see, though, because you talk about consistency. Prior to last year, he finished as the fourth best running back in 2019, the fourth best running back in 2018, the ninth best running back in 2017. And in his rookie year, all the way back in 2016, he was the second best running back. So he's been very consistent. And with all the offense around him, it should be easier to run the ball this year compared to last year. I think uh, a lot of in my in my book it's going to be variant on are they going to let Dak run more or are they going to put the ball in Ezekiel's hands more and try to keep Dak from running to prevent what just happened. Yeah, and there's also the Tony Pollard of it all. He looked so good last year. He was a great backup to Elliott. So you wonder if he's going to sneak, you know, worm his way in there and take some of the Right. Load. I don't see him taking over the lead role, but right. in but critical if he takes situations, enough. you're going to give it to Pollard. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but I, I'm pretty confident in, in Zeke. But who do you have at number five? Uh, I have Josh Jacobs. Okay. Yeah, he is not in my top ten. Wow. Okay. Explain yourself. No, I mean, I was impressed with what he did with the team that we didn't know what was happening with. We didn't know if, if Carr was any good. That offensive line seemed a little bit iffy. And yet, Jacobs was a quarterback, or a running back that I knew very little bit about. And he put points on the board. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a good runner. This, I think you're right. It was only his second year in the league or something. Yep. I think my biggest concern is that they brought in Kenyon Drake and they paid him a decent amount of money, it seems like. I feel like you can see a common theme here. I'm kind of afraid of guys who might not get the passing work, and I think that's going to be Drake's role. But, um, but Drake also has to rely on the quarterback's consistency. If Carr has been, has been told to push down the field more with the receiving core, you can't rely on checkdowns. Like in Kamara's role last year, he did amazingly well because a quarterback that was known for pushing down the field couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Carr's big knock has always been taking checkdown passes, not pushing the ball down the field. And after how he did last year, I don't see it, you know, I just don't see him wanting to take checkdowns when he could push it down the field. So unless Drake is going to be wily and get way more open in the center of the field, maybe. But I feel like Jacobs is still going to be the staple of the run game offense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I do still think he's going to be the, the primary guy. And I feel like Gruden likes that uh, traditional ground and pound. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't know. <laughs> Jacobs is good, not taking, not doubting his talent at all. So at six, I had Aaron Jones. Who do you got? I had Dalvin Cook. Okay. Uh, seven is where it gets interesting for me. Oh, boy. I've got Saquon Barkley here. I have Barkley at 11. 
Yeah, it's it's a hard one. It's just because the whole offense, again, it's an offense that I don't know what to think about. Yeah, I mean, they've got – well, it's that and the injury for me, he, as we know. Yeah, it's really interesting to see players that come back from – and what's more concerning is how long it's taken to heal. Right, he's still not practicing, not, at, not back in full practice anyway with the team. They haven't committed to a week one return. They're saying by week three. But but there's some wiggle room there, and then we don't probably not going to be 100 percent in his first couple of games, you know. Right. And uh, the offensive line is a train wreck. I think Daniel Jones is bad, even though the receiving core is is pretty good actually. It's it's there's so much unknowns here. I, it's a uh, it's fluid. My ranking of Barkley, I don't know if I'd be confident enough to actually draft him <laughs> as that as high as I have him ranked. It would have to be a draft day decision based on all the news and being willing to gamble. Right. So so who do you have at seven? I feel like I'm going to get shot for this one, but I put Chase Edmonds just because he impressed me last year. Oh, I really like Edmonds. Yeah. I, I think have... he's going to become a staple in that offense. And he again, he's a name that I knew nothing about, and I just kept hearing his name and seeing him run and drive. And – I think he cemented himself a place. Yeah, I mean, and just talked about Kenyon Drake, that he left the Cardinals. So, you know, they, they did bring in James Conner in the offseason to fill that role, but Conner is made of glass, you know. He, and, and Edmonds has been in the system for several years now with with uh, Cliff Kingsbury there. I, I do think Edmonds get the most work out of that backfield. Um, he's not in my top ten, but I do really like him. How about at eight? Eight, I have Chris Carson. Oh, I love Chris Carson too, but I don't have many. I just think that he he's no Marshawn Lynch, but he's been one of the most reliable running backs Seattle's had. And I feel like they're going to lean on him more as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, and they just signed him. He was a, uh, he could have left in free agency, but they brought him back on, I think, a, a two-year deal. So they, they want to keep him around. There's no one really there to threaten him for carries. He's He's – Clearly the primary Russell back. Wilson, I would argue, is the only one that could really challenge him for running. Yeah, sure, that's true. But he catches passes too, so, I mean, I like him. But I've got Austin Eckler at number eight. And he, uh, I think it was his first year as, like, the full-time starting running back in the offense. Because I really like Eckler last Like, I wanted him so bad, but then I felt just disappointed, and I can't figure out why. Well, he got hurt, for one. He only played in 10 games last year. Um, but in those 10 games, I went and did the math. He was averaging about 14 fantasy points per game, which uh, on a per-game average, that was ninth best. So, you know, pretty good. And I've got him ranked at eight here. So, And most of his value actually comes in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unlike some of these other guys who are more traditional running backs, he, he's almost, an, uh, you know, an extension of the, the passing game. And I'm expecting this Chargers offense with, you know, with Herbert in year two, they don't have that many guys that catch passes for them. And I think it's going to be a great offense again. So expecting a big year from Eckler. Uh, nine, I have Chubb. We agree on I have, him. I have Elliott. Okay. And, it all and comes I have Kamara at 10. Ah, okay. I, I love how we have yet to agree on a ranking. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like, no, I don't no. know. I feel like some of my picks are like, I can feel it through this video, this this call, 
of the you're an idiot. Hey, I didn't I didn't say that. <laughs> you were thinking it. Uh, let me tell you who I've got at number 10 running back. It's Jonathan Taylor of the Colts. He was a rookie last year, finishes the RB4. Um, that said, it was kind of a perfect storm for him with Marlon Mack tearing his Achilles in week one. That opened the door for him to be the basically the starter, the full-time starter. And uh, he had 1,400 total yards, 12 total touchdowns. A lot of it has to do with the Colts having an amazing offensive line. So, you know, that helps a ton. Uh, but I do have a few concerns for him. That's why I don't have him ranked as high as he finished last year. I think the offense as a whole suffers if if Wentz doesn't play as much as we joke about him. I do think he's better than Eason and eh, Linger. <laughs> it's going to catch up. And uh, we they have a lot of a uh, lot of good running backs in the, in Indianapolis. With Marlon Mack is back healthy, they actually brought him back and is free agency. He could have left, but they brought him back. Uh, Naheem Hines kind of takes on the pass catching role and even Jordan Wilkins takes some carries away because they're all talented. So few concerns. I there. mean, I feel like they're one of the best teams at depth in the position for sure. That's true. Yeah. And they've got the offensive line to run behind. So that's it. That's running backs. Let's move on. We're halfway done. Who's your number one wide receiver? Oh my God. Why do you got to do this to me? <laughs> Is there a wrong answer? There are like a hundred wrong answers and only one right answer. Just kidding. Devonte Adams. Hey, we did it. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> yes. I like how we get mad that we always agree. We're like, God, we just we need. That's why we need other people so we don't agree. And then it's like, there's been twenty names that we've said, and we're like, Oh my God, we don't agree. But this one was easy. It was. He was the wide receiver one last year. Nothing has really changed there. He still has Rogers. He's still going to be like the primary target by a large margin. The entire Green Bay offense consists of three people, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. There's your Green Bay offense. (laughs) I mean, like I said earlier, there are a couple new guys, like Randall Cobb is back, and that's good for Rodgers. It's good for the offense as a whole to have a more diverse cast of players, but Adams is the clear-cut number one. He's going to get, you know, 60% of the targets or whatever. So he's going to – yeah. I feel comfortable having him number one again. All right. Who do you two, have for two? Two, I got Tyreek Hill. Interesting. <laughs> I have I have DeAndre Hopkins. Damn it. <laughs> I've got Hopkins at five. So I'm we're close. Three? Uh Stefan Diggs. I have Diggs tied at six. <laughs> okay. Who do you have at three then? I have tied I was torn. It's one of two. I can flip flop them because I'll just put the other one the other way. I had either Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Mm, okay, yeah, I went with Metcalf, who I have at seven. I have him at nine, and I felt like they were like you could swap them, and because they're so close, like I feel like Lockett's faster, but I like his ability on punt returns. It sounds dumb, but those are points you can get on special teams if you play with the defense. That's true. And that helps your fantasy team. I was really thinking outside the box on that one. A little bit of a stretch, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, And Metcalf is just a really well-built all-around receiver. So I feel like they're interchangeable. I try not to have more than one receiver from the same team, but uh, Lockett and Metcalf are both in my top ten. 
Okay. I went with just one of them in the top 10, just in case. And, and it's Metcalf for me, but I mean, Lockett is the big play guy and he had a couple of, you know, monster, monster games. One of which came against me and I lost on a last second Monday night football play, but I won't talk about that again. <laughs> you hated Tyler Lockett all of last year. I don't think I'll ever draft him because I'm so upset. <laughs> I know. I really wanted him and I didn't take him. So I'm like, there's no way he's going to have another good year. And he still is reliable. Yeah. Well, I don't know if reliable is the right word because I think I, I was looking at this stat. It was some crazy percentage, like 40% of his fantasy points for the season came in three games, like three monster games. And then he kind of had games where he disappeared too. And Metcalf is a more consistent one. That's why I've got him in my top 10 and, and lock it slightly outside. You're outside. <laughs> I was going to say, I wish I was outside, but no, I don't. What am I talking about? It's air conditioned in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're an idiot. I got Calvin Ridley at four. I have him at eight. I put Adam Thielen at four. Okay, Thielen's an interesting one because he was really good last year. With um, he was one of the few guys, my few draft picks that I was happy about last year. He had fourteen. Well, because again, he's another one. I have two members from the same team in the top ten. Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm assuming the other guy is Justin Jefferson. I have him at six. Oh, I have him at seven. So close. <laughs> but yeah, Thielen was the touchdown guy last year. Jefferson was the more between the 20s guy, and they were both really productive. Um, but I'm just really excited about Calvin Ridley with Julio Jones officially gone. And uh, and, uh, and Matt Ryan's still producing yards still through the air. Like, he's still a great quarterback. Yep. And yet neither one of us had him in, his, in our top 10. That's true. And I and – I, feel like that's oh, I feel correct. like that's injustice. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, five, I got Hopkins, who you had earlier. Who do you have at five? Amari Cooper. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Dak. Can I be With Dak you? back, <laughs> the Dak attack is back. Right. I feel oh, like man. this could be a chance for Cooper and CeeDee Lamb to really shine. Gallup, I always feel like I draft him and I'm disappointed. I just like, remember I had him for a long time. Remember, I also had like half of Dallas right. on my bench at one time. That's right, you did. And I was disappointed because the potential was there. Now, granted, the quarterback situation did not help Michael Gallup. Right. But I feel like Cooper is still going to be the primary target with CD Lamb as the as a secondary option, Gallup as the third option on the team. Yeah, I I agree with most of that. I, do, I don't know if it's going to be CeeDee Lamb or, or um, Cooper. So for me, they're both just outside the top 10, just in case. Kind of hedging. <laughs> and then, let's see, at 6, I had Justin Jefferson, who we already talked a bit about. Um, I had a two-way tie. Okay. Who you got? I had Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs. Diggs yeah. because it's Stephon Diggs. He's an amazing route runner. Cooper Cup because now he's paired with an actually really talented quarterback and Matt yeah. Stafford. Yeah, Cup got a little bit unlucky last year. So I feel like that could make a huge difference because I really do believe Cup's a really good wide receiver. He's shown it. Mm -hmm. So now the question was, was it just happened to be blips on the radar or was it the quarterback play? Put him with a decent quarterback and let's see what happens. And I feel like this is the year to do it. Even with Robert Woods there in that, I still think Cup 
has the ability to outshine with his shiftiness and his speed. All right. Seven, I had DK Metcalf, like we talked about. I had Jefferson. Okay. And then number eight, I have A.J. Brown of the Titans. That's a good choice. I had Ridley. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's fine. Uh, I'll just talk about A.J. Brown for a second then. He was the wide receiver 10 last year, uh, but that's including the fact that he missed two games, still finished as wide receiver 10. Uh, if you look at it on a points-per-game basis instead, he was the fourth-best wide receiver, so if he stays healthy for a whole season, that's in the cards. Uh, we'll see what happens with Julio Jones, like we talked a little bit about. They brought in Jones, but they lost guys like John Smith, Corey Davis. So there's still targets up for grabs uh, from Tannehill, and, and even though they run the ball a lot, maybe because they run the ball a lot, this is, when they do pass, it's really efficient, and it works really well, so... Uh, I'd, I'd be excited about A.J. Brown as my uh, first receiver as well. I would have to say that he would definitely be there if I didn't have Metcalf and Lockett. Because I have Metcalf at nine. Okay, yep. Nine, I got Allen Robinson of our hometown. Oh, I have Chicago him at number Bears. 10. Okay, oh, so close. I, I think Robinson is kind of the, the least exciting name at least in my mock drafts, I don't necessarily feel excited when I draft Robinson, but he's been so consistent. He's been wide receiver 11 two years ago. He's the only one in Chicago that knows how to catch a football. (laughs) Right. And that's even though he has quarterbacks who don't know how to throw it. (laughs) Even back in uh, Jacksonville, before he came over, he finished as the wide receiver three in fantasy with Blake Bortles at quarterback. So he can, (laughs) he's back. He's always going to be back. (laughs) So he can do it no matter who's throwing him the ball. And I actually think whether it's Dalton or Fields under center for the Bears, I think either way, Robinson might have the best quarterback of his career playing with them, throwing him the ball. Oh, man, that's saying something. I think he's a lock for maybe low end of the top 10, but I think he'll be top 10 in fantasy. And you had him at 10. For me, 10 is Terry McLaurin. Oh, that's another good one. The Washington football team. And he's a little bit risky, I guess, to put in here because he's entering year three. He hasn't finished above the wide receiver 20 in fantasy yet. Uh, but, but again, this was despite playing with quarterbacks like Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Case Keenum, boy. Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah. Colt McCoy? In 2019, yep. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a name I haven't heard in forever. I know, right? Taylor Henneke and Alex Smith, who no disrespect, but he's not a good match for McLaurin's skill set of speed and going down the field. And um, he's got Fitzpatrick now, easily the best quarterback he'll have played with. And Fitzpatrick is a guy that, as we know, which makes him so fun to watch play, he likes to uh, take risks a little bit. He'll chuck it down the field and, you know, throw a He's not not afraid to farm that ball. Yeah, so that could be a great thing for McLaurin and maybe push him up for his first uh, top 10 fantasy finish. Teaser, I do have a Washington football player in the top 10 in the next Ooh, category. Would that be at the, number 10? Would that be a tight end? It would be. All right. I hope we agree on the number one tight end in fantasy. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, this is incredible. So you don't have Travis Kelsey, number one? Uh, you can still change it. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I've got Kelsey at one. Come on now. Ooh. I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm stupid, but I'm not, you know. Dumb. Okay, yeah. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, ever, I'm all of the above. 
Okay, yeah, so no explanation. I'm not a show I know nothing about. Are you kidding me? He's been... Well, the irony is that you're the one who made the playoffs in fantasy last year. I did not. <laughs> it may Yet sound I like... still would never follow my own fantasy advice. Are you kidding me? I was going to say, I'm going to be watching your your draft closely in a few weeks and see if you stick to these rankings. <laughs> um, but yeah, Travis Kelsey, he's been the number one tight end for three straight years. Was still top five the two years before that, so it's pretty much a no-brainer. He's the best tight end. Uh, number two, I've got Darren Waller of the Raiders, of your Raiders. I got Kittle Skittle. Okay, yeah, I've got him at three. It's, it's, clo- it's kind of a toss. I have Waller at three. Ha! Nice. All right. I agree with uh, – they're, they're in the same tier, these three guys I see in the same tier. Uh, Waller has finished top four at the position the last two years. And uh, it's one of those rare offenses where he's the focal point. <laughs> the car loves to throw to Waller. He's the, the primary target in this Raiders passing game. He even had more targets than Kelsey last year. That's how much they throw him the ball. And then Kittle, yeah, he's great. He was, at least I have a very short memory. I kind of forgot how good he was because he was hurt most of last year. But in uh, 2019, he was the third best fantasy tight end. 2018, he was the second best fantasy tight end. And he comes back to the, you know, same offense as before, still a Kyle Shanahan offense, and he's going to be a key target. This is another one where there's only really three guys they're going to be throwing the ball to. Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and then George Kittle. Yep. He's baby Gronk. <laughs> from his younger days. He's not on my list. No, mine either. Okay, then who you got at number four? This is sentimental here, but I have Mark Andrews. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another one. Look at this. Thank God. <laughs> now is where it all goes to hell. We're on the same page here for tight ends. <laughs> I see him as like a tier below the top three guys, but uh, still, I still solid because I feel like yeah. now we're getting four, five, and six are like they're acceptable, and then after that, it's a complete crapshoot. I yeah, I agree with that 100. percent As you found out last year about Mark Andrews, yeah, I mean, pretty good. A little up and down though, but that's to be expected at this position. Well, I meant about the crapshoot and tight end because didn't you oh. wait to draft the tight end super late and there was nothing. I was so proud of that strategy, too. I'm like, no, Matt, I'm going to take two guys in the draft, and definitely one of them is going to pan out. Guess what? <laughs> Neither of them. It was Mike Gusecki and something else. It was Mike Gusecki, but I still hated him. It, and you know what the worst part is? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, God. I drafted Mike Gusecki, and I think it was uh, the guy from the Jets. Oh, what's that dude's name? Chris Herndon. Yep. Like a breakout candidate. Didn't break shit. Except my heart. <laughs> And then, you know, I like rage dropped Gasicki halfway through the season because he was terrible. He still finished as a top five. He still finished as a top ten tight end. <laughs> you you were so mad. It got it brought me so much joy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Mark Andrews is good. And he with all the injuries they've got in the wide receiving court still might be just him in the passing game. And uh he's a big end zone uh, target for Lamar Jackson, so he gets a lot of touchdowns usually. All right, who got a five? I feel like this is a gamble because he is a name nobody heard of until last year, but I put Tunyon at number five. Okay. I mean, I've got him at 10, but I 
he finished only because you know this was before you know when I didn't really make the list before the Randall Cobb news, but Randall Cobb was still fresh. Um, the ink was still drying on his contract with Green Bay. But <laughs> uh-huh. if you really think about it, outside of Devontae Adams and the occasional M- Marcus Valdez scambling, Tunyon was the one that took the ball and made the touchdowns. Yeah, he had 11 touchdowns, and that was the same, the same number as Kelsey. So now even with Cobb, let's say Cobb replaces MVS as the number two, that still leaves Tunyon as one of, the top three or four potential targets. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, the The only issue was his uh, his target rate. He he didn't have his, so he had the same number of touchdowns as Kelsey, but he had a third the number of targets. He had like fifty targets compared to one hundred and fifty ish for Kelsey. And that's but if you want to play devil's advocate, the conversion rate on that's much better. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You could say either that's not sustainable or he. Did it once, he could do it again. So, I mean, I have him top 10. I think he's fine. I think I'd be perfectly fine with him as my starting tight end. Uh, but for me, number five, I've got TJ Hawkinson of the Lions. I thought about him. He'd probably make a good six. He'd be an alternate to, to my sixth pick, which, is again, is another gamble. Uh, I hope I know where you're going with that. I think I might. But on Hawkinson. No, I, I don't think you do. You're not prepared for this. <laughs> hey, let me talk about TJ Hawkinson. Damn it. No. No. <laughs> he's not a Lions. He's on the Lions. Do they have any receivers? No. So it's going to be all Hawkinson all the time. I'm trying to think of a funny way to use his name and a joke, and I'm not – I got nothing. Hawkstrap. No. Hockules. Maybe. I wish I was coming up with those myself. Those are names I heard on other fantasy podcasts last year. Damn it, Mike. I was going to give you points for being clever, and now I just can't. Come on. You know I'm not that clever. <laughs> not at this time of night anyway. Who's your number six? Blow my mind. Uh, I had Pitt just drafted to uh, Atlanta. Yeah, that's why I have two. Kyle Pitts. Oh, shit. We are like in, on the same page. Tight ends is the only category we've got unlocked. It's weird. Our ends are tight. <laughs> yes, and they are perfectly aligned with one another. <laughs> oh, God. Your mom watches this show. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> No, Kyle Pitts is amazing. I think uh, remember when we were doing our draft coverage, it was it was Sorio came on the program and and said that he thought that Pitts is such a good receiver. He might have been if he was a rece- in the draft as a receiver, he might have been the first receiver taken in the draft. And uh, Jones is gone. It's just Calvin Ridley and uh, Pitts should have an enormous workload. I think he should get a lot of targets. And we know Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has history of of good tight ends. Remember Tony Gonzalez back in the yep. day. Austin Hooper more recently. So I think Pitts could be good. So I had Pitts slash Hawkinson. Okay. Okay, very close. Seven, I don't know about this one. I've got Dallas Goddard here. I have him at eight. Dude, what's happening right now? <laughs> we should, I have Hunter Henry at seven. We should start a podcast or something. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, Henry was... <laughs> <laughs> Henry was good with the Chargers. I'm nervous about him splitting because the, uh, the Patriots signed Johnu Smith too, but maybe they could both. Ironically, I have Johnu Smith at number nine just because oh, I feel like there's nobody yeah. else to pass to on that team. That's true. Even though they signed some receivers, they're not. They're not, they're not what I would call top tier quality. That's a nicer way to say it. 
Um, so I feel like the, their pass catching and route running capabilities feels like they're almost playing like set, third and fourth receiver in a set, even if it's a tight end set. But sure. I, yeah. you know, given that, that's the way I, I logic myself into the the two tight ends for New England on there. All right. Yeah, with Goddard, uh, obviously he would be more of a sure thing if Zach Ertz leaves, which seems like they – I even think with Zach Ertz there, he's a guarantee. I think Goddard's already started to take the mantle. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. We saw a little bit of it last year. Even when they were both on the field, it seems like Goddard is the one, uh, the, the more primary target of the two. And I'm somewhat excited about him. Especially if they maybe I think Arts I think there's still a chance they trade him mid season or something. I foresee it being sooner rather than later. Yeah, and if that does happen, Goddard could really explode. And uh, so at eight, I've got Noah Fant. Oh, he's number eleven for me. Well, it's yeah. This is where it gets a little more hit or miss because I think he's so talented. You know, he has a great athleticism and speed, but there's a. All of a sudden, there's a lot of good receivers on this Broncos offense. Jerry and, just drops Judy. <laughs> Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler at the big preseason game last week. Um, Cortland Sutton's coming back from injury. They've got other guys like Tim Patrick who stepped up last year. So there's like a lot of good guys here. <laughs> and it's tough for uh, Fant to get the, the targets he needs to, to really be an elite tight end for fantasy who did you have at eight one of the i had goddard oh okay that's right uh and then nine you had smith john smith yeah i i like both of those guys uh i'd take smith higher i think but who knows i've got tyler higby at number nine okay and he's been Again, okay. with the revamp at quarterback, I feel like that, that could be a smart move. The revamp at quarterback and the fact that they let Gerald Everett go in free agency. He was taking some of the tight end targets, but now Everett's gone. It's pretty much just Higby at tight end. And so I, it's one of those where I see three primary targets in that offense, obviously Cup, Robert Woods, and then Higby, plus the quarterback upgrade. I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> and then at 10, I had Robert Tunyon. I have Thomas from Washington football team. Oh yeah. Yeah. You teased that before I already forgot. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> he was, he was good. And then they signed him to a three-year extension. So clearly they like, he was one of my few late, late pickups in a desperate effort to save my season and it didn't pan out. Well, really quickly though, on that note, I actually picked him up first and then dropped him. And then, then you picked him up and he got good. <laughs> Stupid tight ends. I got, I guess sickied you. Taking Kelsey in the first round just to make sure that it doesn't happen to me again. <laughs> the rest of my team could crash and burn, but at least I'll have a good tight end. I will not be burned by the tight end position again. <laughs> That's right. I tried to tell you, dude, there's like five, and it's all that here. You're like, no, it's perfect. I got it. Shut up. One of these guys is going to pan out, Matt, okay? <laughs> Mike, why do you have seven tight ends on your bench? One, One of them's got to work. <laughs> You can only start one a week. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> you don't know football. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but shut up. All right, and that, at long last, is the end of our, our top ten rankings. That was really fun. 
Oh, thank God. I feel stupid and I feel like I'm, I can already feel the hate comments. You can't comment on a podcast, but you're talking smack to your friends. I know it. <laughs> hey, anything that, you know what they say, no such thing as bad press. <laughs> Uh, I feel like our own friends talk smack about our podcast. So what does that say? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't know what it yeah, says. Uh-huh. It says, that they, it says yeah, that right, listen. not good. It says that they listen to the show, which I'm happy about. <laughs> hey, silver lining. Oh man, that was fun. That took a lot longer than I thought it would. Maybe we'll break. No, it took about the amount of time I figured it would. Maybe maybe I'll break this into two episodes or something. I don't know. Uh, Ooh, but thank you. Editing. Thank you for doing your homework. Yeah, well, you're welcome. I that was a lot of homework. It was actually. I was I'm glad we're recording later in the week than usual because I needed the extra time. <laughs> did and, that work uh, for you yesterday when it was last minute cancel? It did because you know the kids were causing problems. I wasn't done with my rankings. <laughs> I feel like I blew through most of it, and then I just had a dead stop when I got to tight ends. Which is ironically when you started agreeing with me. <laughs> we started having the same conclusions. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see next week when we mock draft this stuff. Hey, that's right. We are not. We're in the fantasy corner, and we're not leaving. We're not coming out <laughs> because yes. next week we're doing a live mock draft, <laughs> just like we did last year. I'm so excited. <laughs> this fantasy football really amplifies the, the football fan experience and also takes away from it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because it's not until fantasy sports is over with or you've been knocked out that you're like, I can actually sit and enjoy a football game. Finally, yeah, I can just relax and enjoy a football game. <laughs> I can be a fan. I have nothing writing on this other than the unrelenting hatred in my heart from this year's past. <laughs> right. If there's anyone on either of these teams that screwed me in fantasy – I want that team to lose. <laughs> you need to be Get him with your helmet. <laughs> Settle down, Miles Garrett. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I want to be literally. I know. I feel like I can't use that expression anymore. That used to be my go-to expression. Uh-huh. Until someone I literally did it. And like, oh. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well. <laughs> well, thank you, Matt, for sticking with me for an hour and a half. Thank you if anyone's still listening to this. <laughs> No, they think we're all idiots and they've tuned out hours ago. Either way, that's not going to stop us. We'll be back next week. (laughs) Till then, see you guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, Please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.